Hi, I'm Melody Hilton. And I'm Joel Hilton. And I'm Katie Stansfield. And this is our 100th episode of Life Exchange. We were talking about, well, you know, mom and I talk about, we should put sound effects in. We're not the ones who could actually do it. So I don't know if it'll happen or not. Probably not, but. Oh, now you got to prove us wrong, Joel. Imagine some celebration sounds happening right now. <laughs> You're not even yeah. saying anything. <laughs> Words is done. <laughs> oh, no, we just got started. Not even a minute into I'm this. I'm smiling. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at him and he's just smirking. <laughs> like. <laughs> so 100 episodes. I don't know if any of us... Mama probably thought we'd get here, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, but we're here, 100 episodes. And so I thought, what is something uh, we could do for our 100th episode? I would have gotten cake, but I probably would have eaten the whole cake because mm-hmm. I don't know if these guys would have. But So instead, I just thought, well, we'll talk about our namesake today. We're going to talk about, because I don't think we ever did. Probably like in the first episode, we might have mentioned it, but I don't think we've ever done real a real episode on life exchange, what that means to us, why we talk about it so much. And I don't remember where the term came from. I feel like, Joel, you were the first one I heard to say it, but it's been so long. I don't know. Where life exchange came from? The, the name? term, yeah. And I don't, yeah. I don't know. I just know for years we've talked about having an exchange of healthy life. Well, I probably part of our core values um, at our church has, has been covenant, but covenant was defined as the exchange of healthy life. So I think that's always been a core desire. Yeah. And so, you know, might as well have a podcast about what you believe in. Yeah. I remember trying to name the podcast, trying to name stuff around here is pretty torturous, if I'm (laughs) honest. Like it's, it's pretty rough because we've got mama with these big, extreme, lengthy titles to things that, and then we're over here like, can we just do like a one word Mm -hmm. situation? Um, It was funny. Like we always joke about, and maybe it's our generation because our titling was one word like passion or like extreme or whatever it was you know and there was a youth conference that (laughs) my kids were gonna go to and the name was like super long I was like what did they hire my mom to (laughs) come up with this name (laughs) yeah so it's always a fun time but I do think when we landed on life exchange we were all pretty yeah we were pretty agreeable to it. The only well, that's two why it's the name, because we all agreed to it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just... No, it means a lot to us. Yeah, yeah. I, it felt right when we got there. I don't remember how long it took us to get there, but we did. So that's what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about what that means to us, why we named our podcast that, why it's been wrapped into the core values of our church, why we think it's important. So do you want to get us started here? Well, I'm. we are designed 
Our, our God created us, innately designed us to have an exchange of life. Uh, we're designed for relationship with him, with one another. Um, and I mean, it's, it's so proven, you know, with whom you bond with is who you build with. And isn't that what marriage is? And marriage is to be an exchange of life. We're bonding so we can build. Uh, you know, we as a team, we we bonded in a heart life exchange so that we can build together. Like anything of value uh, is never done in a vacuum and it's never done independently. It's, it's always through an exchange of life. And it's one of the areas that the enemy fights tooth and nail is to try to destroy the exchange of night uh, exchange of life because if he can destroy that it hinders uh, the ability for the kingdom of God to advance and and the first place I believe exchange of life is is with God and then secondarily with one another yeah well um yeah you said like we were designed for it. Um, and I, I had notes on that as well, but, um, and I think we talk about, I probably talk about this all the time, but it was not good for man to be alone. Right. Um, and why would that come up so often? Because we believe in the exchange of life, but it was not good for man to be alone. And you see from like the very beginning of, um, in the image of God, he created them male and female, he created them. So male and female together are the image of God. So it shows right there, like that collective, like it requires more than one to be the image of God. And I mean, even like not to get into theology, but like God himself is three in one. Yeah, like yeah. like um, there is this sense of unity that's wrapped into him that's wrapped into his design for us. Um, and, and the fact that we were created for community, which that word meaning with unity, like we were created to be the many together and unity doesn't mean sameness. Mm -hmm. It actually means differences that together create, um, something good. So, I mean, without more than one, you can't create life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like just biologically speaking, like it requires more than one to create life. And so then having that life exchanging, like it goes, it's life is created that way, like physically, but it's also perpetuated that way. Mm -hmm. Like in our, in our unity with one another in our connection and our relationship with one another. That's how life in a more metaphorical sense is created. So we were designed for it. We were designed. And what I love about that is that like unity doesn't equal sameness um, is that our differences make up mm -hmm. something so beautiful and valuable. Mm -hmm. So that's another element I think that's important to us with life exchange is the fact that we are different. And whenever people talk to me about this podcast, that's the thing they bring up is how different we all are mm -hmm. and how we work so well together. So that speaks volumes. I mean, obviously, if that's the thing people are talking about the most, at least to me, mm -hmm. is the fact that we're not the same. It's not like an echo chamber in here, but we can be really different and bring our unique differences together um, and still and, and create that exchange of life and create something valuable. So what does that build? It builds trust. Mm -hmm. you know, we don't have to be the same. 
And when that security is there, that we have that exchange of life, then it allows us to trust one another and, and, and to be comfortable being who we are with one another. And what does that do for us? Oh, it creates so much emotional health. I don't have to be on guard. I don't have to be, oh, yeah, I'm teased, you know. <laughs> I'm but the we one love that you. everyone feels, <laughs> oh, they're picking on Mama Melody. But in actuality, that it doesn't bother me at all. But because why? There is trust there. There is emotional health in the relationship because there is a genuine uh, exchange of life. And there is a genuine bonding. There is a genuine valuing one another. And we don't have to be the same. And we might completely disagree, or we might agree, or we might find some middle road. But the fact is, uh, we're free to be that. And we're free to do that. And boy, can you imagine what would take place in a marriage and in friendships and uh, in any relationship we have when people are free to be who God created them to be and not to have that sameness. Yeah. Striving for that unity yeah. that doesn't require sameness, but like what, like the importance and the value of that, even throughout scripture of being in unity with, your fellow mm -hmm. believers. Mm -hmm. And I think that just gets like really twisted or, or we lose, we lose the gift of that when we think that we have to be the same, but seeing the value in one another um, so that we can come together and have that unity to When you feel like life. you have to be the same, in actuality, that's really fear. It's the fear of man. If I don't, you know, agree a hundred percent, or I can't have a different opinion, or or if I can't think in the way I think in in your presence, well, then I'm living in fear of your rejection, and that will never exchange life at all, because God hasn't called us to function in the fear of man. He says, if we do that, we're putting ourselves in a trap and putting ourselves in a snare if I'm afraid of what somebody else thinks of me. And so life exchange actually helps us heal. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a powerful concept that every single one of us can choose to be that for someone else. You know, we might not have the depths of relationship. I mean, there's so many levels of relationship, but we can always make a decision to say, I'm going to celebrate who someone else is. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to be afraid of what I'm going to think. Yeah. When I begin to think about life exchange, I, I feel like one of the biggest hindrances to life exchange is just the nature to be selfish, um, to be egocentric. And that can come in many different forms or sizes, degrees, or intensities. Like you could ha go from narcissism <laughs> uh, to just a simple act of self-preservation, looking out for what's best for you and what's yours. Mm -hmm. So part of that is instinctually and not necessarily, 
Like if I stepped out into traffic and I jump back, no one's going to be like, look how selfish you are. You <laughs> self-preservation. <laughs> like, so part of like self-preservation isn't wrong and it's actually good. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like the whole put your hand on a hot stove type of thing. It's like, yeah, th that's there for a reason. Yeah. Uh, so when I say selfish by nature, that's not always to the extreme negative aspect of that. But part of it is like, like we care for our own and we want to protect our own. It's kind of like that mama bear. You know, you ever see, if you've ever been to a sporting event, you know, that mama bear that will kill anything that uh, tries to hurt her cubs. Um, I'm not talking about actual bears because Katie's going up to Montana. And, yeah, uh, I'm going to see uh, some bears. You, you're going to see some bears? Yeah. I'm not going to pet them. Don't. He's what? so afraid that I'm going to like get mauled by a bear. Or a buffalo. I'm not afraid. Buffalo. I'm just saying there. It's a reality that there's bears, and bears are not your friend. And yeah, but I'm not going to try to pet these things. Uh, okay. Well, anyway. I did notice the hat that I was wearing today had a bear on it, <laughs> so I didn't realize that until I looked in the mirror. But I'm sorry for getting off topic. So, mama bear. Yeah, mama bear. Like being selfish or having that selfish nature manifested can come in a lot of different ways. And when you think about it, like when you look at fear, fear is a mutually shared emotion. But when it comes, when you think about it, we all have it, we all experience, we all have that same thing, but fear in its purest form is self-centeredness. It's mm -hmm. the self-preservation. Yeah. And so that, I'm saying all this to say with life exchange, it kind of confronts that because life exchange is saying, okay, the pe the people that I do life with, the community that I'm in, I have a responsibility to give of myself to them. But on the flip side, you know, a lot of times like we we see people and they're, you know, they just give and give and give and never receive. So I that's why I was Living <clears throat> on thinking, the sacrificial altar. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I was trying to articulate. Like life exchange is a great balancing act because it takes the one end of like, hey, it can't just be about you. But on the other hand, hey, in a good, healthy relationship, there is a receiving aspect. Yeah. So there is humility to give, but also a humility to receive. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And not like yeah, that receiving could be in the form of like feedback or... Um, like another person being able to speak into your life, like receiving in that way, as well as like receiving like like someone doing something for you or just well, receiving I love, receiving kindness, re receiving uh, of someone's generous spirit, just taking that. Uh, I know there was times in my life uh, years ago that, uh, I felt very uncomfortable receiving a gift. Like, why would anybody do anything? They, you know, like, like I don't. Like, I'm thinking of a time last year when you were very uncomfortable receiving a gift. Really? <laughs> Just last year? Yeah. Oh, you had to tell you me. You really that. had to work through. Really? Uh, when I bring it up, you'll know, but okay, I won't say it okay. on here. <laughs> and so it would always be so hard for me, and I remember that. I thought I got over that because I like receiving Well, gifts. I could say we were at dinner and someone else grabbed the card before. Oh, yeah, that does bother <laughs> me. Yeah, anybody who knows me, I just feel, yeah, that really 
Yeah, that does challenge. <laughs> you know, you know, mamas are supposed to be the ones giving and doing, you know, now. But so when I'm at dinner, when the check comes, I'm just waiting for you to <laughs> pick it up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. I have to work on that one. Like the other day I was at your house and you have I love this coffee mug that you have. And I was like, <laughs> Can I have this? And then you and dad are like, well, uh, and then I was like, Can, I really want this. And then you gave it to me. <laughs> Dad's like, well, you could buy it at Marshall's. I was like, I'm not asking to buy it. I was like, can I have this? I really like this. It is a nice mug. And yeah. I'm sure you got it too. I did. <laughs> did. And I've been using it every day. <laughs> See, that's, that is, every time you look at it, you'll think of us. I well. think. What else can I get out yeah. of it? <laughs> that I was like really this other easy. Mug too. <laughs> well, the problem is like all of our mugs at the house are they say mom on them. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, I needed a manly cup. Like this one has a campfire and like mountains on it and yeah. stuff like that. So it's a manly one. Yeah. So you're such a mountain man too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm real, I'm real outdoorsy. But it's a heavy-duty mug. It's like a... Yeah. Yeah. I had a nice one until my kids broke it. And I was talking to my wife about this the other day. I have a back roller that is important to me because it helps me keep my back in good health. And the other day, I saw Maxwell, like, sitting on it and bending it up. Oh, no. And I was like... Get off. And then it actually flattened it out. So now oh. it doesn't roll anymore. And I was just thinking, this is why we can't children nice things. destroy things. <laughs> it's like, I just wanted a, I just wanted a back roller. Just and a piece of foam. See, all to we're yourself. all selfish by nature. <laughs> and, uh, and, <laughs> So like, and hey, you're trying it, to train your kids not to be selfish. Yeah, I just said that when you get money, you will be buying another one. <laughs> but he's in debt right now to us because he wanted something that, yeah, that we loaned him the money. Yeah, for. so he informed me on Sunday that for Christmas he would like cash. <laughs> so, so a hindrance to life exchange is selfishness, right? <laughs> But like I said, we're all we're all a little selfish by nature. Yeah. And I think that's that like struggle, like even with like from the Christian perspective, it's like, do I live by the flesh according to the spirit? Um, and so when you walk by the spirit, sometimes you have to die to that selfish nature. But, but that then, doesn't mean yeah. be a victim, yeah, right? Exactly. Or that doesn't like that's what I was saying. Life exchange is that balance. It like confronts a martyr mentality, but it, it also confronts that self-seeking, you know, yeah. self-glorification mentality as well. It's like in in a culture of life exchange, there's the expectation to give, but then the uh, the expectation is to receive. It's like the heart of uh, instead of just win-win, like we both get something, but it's gain-gain. We're we're adding value to each other. You know, I gain because I'm in relationship with you. You gain because you're in a relationship with me. And so when we function in that, we're actually, as a team, as a marriage or whatever, we're growing, we're advancing, we're better because we're together. And that adding value to one another, it we are able to receive, but 
we are, we love giving as well. So that is an exchange of life, the giving and receiving, which is And one of the ways that I try to train that with, with my kids is like the aspect of doing things around the house. It's like you're, you're in this house, you're a part of this family. You have all your needs supplied for. So there is an expectation that you also give Mm -hmm. to the capacity that you have the ability to give. And so, like, like I said, and maybe I said it before, um, about like a good parent is going to be one that challenges their children's worldview that it revolves around them. Mm-hmm. And that's maturity. And Well, biblically, it is, it, it is biblical to give and receive. What? Whatever you sow, you shall reap. Mm-hmm. Give and it shall be given unto you. So I'm not giving to get, but the reciprocal of giving is receiving. And so there, God even designed us neurologically and spiritually that when, when we invest, when we give, when we sow, when we love, when we serve, when we add value, immediately, it's called the boomerang effect in neuroscience, immediately we receive. That's why we feel so good when we do good. Like we instantly receive something in return when we serve another. And, uh, but the fact is, when someone gives to me, they also are receiving. And, and that's beautiful because it, it's not just a spiritual dynamic, but it creates emotional health. When that is there, we are much more emotionally healthy. Because if ever we believe, well, I'm not good enough to receive or, hey, I don't want to give. I just want to take. We will not be emotionally healthy. And that's why I said life exchange is that balancing. It's a really good balancing principle because uh, either it's all about you or it's never about you. So, right. I mean, you don't get brownie points for being burnt out. That's right. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> I wasn't targeting anybody's thing there when I said that. I know. She's I, like, I, I love brownies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy some Thin Mints with my brownie points. <laughs> Isn't that where that comes from? The Girl Scouts? Brownie points? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I, I was thinking where did... Actually, when I thought of that, I didn't I know where that came from. I was never a Girl Scout, but I think that's where it's from. Brownie points. <laughs> yeah. No, I wasn't targeting. I know you weren't. I did. I just targeted you took myself. It <laughs> no, I'm just self-aware. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so can we talk about like what are some ways that we can participate in life exchange? Well, I, I'll, I'll just start it out and then you guys can jump in. And this is coming from like how this looks in a kingdom culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions. So we're afflicted or we're in need, and he comforts. And then it says, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. 
So like in a kingdom culture, the flow of life is really God is the source. Mm-hmm. Now in this particular circumstance or context is talking about comfort, but God is the source of love. God is the source of peace. God is the source of joy. So we receive from the God of all joy, and then with the joy that we receive, then we can extend it to those around us. Yeah, that's good. So it goes back to that. It requires requires receiving so that exactly. you can like have you, that outflowing. You can't pour out what you don't have. Yeah. And so like looking at like, well, maybe you might be looking and say, you know, well, how do I create this life exchange culture? Well, first you've got to be filled. Mm-hmm. And so you got to go to the source. Yeah. Yeah. That's where burnout comes from for me is when my needs aren't being met. And, yeah. and a lot of times they're not being met because I'm not stopping <laughs> and receiving. Um, it's not necessarily like... It's not the work itself. Well, and it's not necessarily like people aren't wanting to pour in those things, but mm-hmm. I'm not stopping to even allow myself to be filled or to receive. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, have to be filled in order to give out. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I had was like, how do you participate in life exchange is to be cheerleaders of one another. Um, encourage one another and build each other up. I think, you know, just be a nice person, <laughs> be, a, <laughs> be a kind human. It's beyond that, but, but encourage one another. And I, I have a saying that I've said for years of um, expression is more powerful than assumption. And I think you can kind of feed into a culture of life exchange when you are actually verbalizing or expressing um, encouragement to one another, not just thinking it in your mind um, or, or wishing the culture was like that, but actually feeding into um, encouraging one another. If you see somebody who's really good at something, encourage them in that. What's that going to do? That's giving to them so that they want to do that thing more. Like it's, it's, keeping the exchange going. So I think that's a really simple way is just um, like to express that encouragement to one another, build each other up. And the flip side, don't tear each other down. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Like maybe start there. Don't tear each other down. That's never going to create that culture of trust, that culture of openness, that culture of vulnerability, vulnerability we've been talking about. Uh, one way that I think is really important, which we can do all by ourselves, is pray for one another. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says to pray for one another that you may be healed. And it's so powerful to recognize that I become intimate with the one to whom I pray, mm-hmm. for whom I pray, and with whom I pray. And that's such a powerful exchange of life because we're inviting the Holy Spirit uh, to be the center of this exchange of life. And um, so like a part of my ritual, both of you are in my morning ritual. I go through this whole thing of what I pray and what I believe for and, you know, the good news finds us and the goodness of God chases us down. And, you know, I pray for you guys by now. And like every single day, you know, my focus is on this exchange of relationship. And what it does, it keeps my heart 
woven, whether I see you guys for a couple days or not, the fact is it keeps my heart woven into this valuable relationship where I'm bringing you before God and, you know, just even listening to the Lord on how to pray uh, for you and and believe for you and decree God's blessing and favor and uh, that God would grant to you the desires of your heart. You know, I have this this whole thing that I pray, uh, because in the process of that, um, uh, it's, you can't pray for others without it healing us, touching us. And, uh, but most of all, it is inviting the Holy Spirit into this exchange of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. I think that also, ties into that unity of like, you know, as Jesus prayed for us that we would be one with the father, like mm-hmm. you're, it's that mm-hmm. like three, three mm-hmm. strand cord of like mm-hmm. you, the father and those you're praying for. It creates even in the spirit, that atmosphere of unity, um, that is essential for life exchange. Yeah. I thought that was a good point about praying for others. Cause I, I do feel like sometimes if all your prayers are egocentric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if you're praying things that sound very outside of yourself, it's still in a way coming back to benefit. Like, like when I said about those that just give and give and give, like there is still some sense of like, there is a reward from that either, either here and now, or maybe even in the future. And so going back to that self-centered, like, mentality of even in our prayer, like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. really praying for those around you can be so good for the, the life in the body. If, if it's, and you know, people will even like, I pray that God changes their heart or like God speak to them because (laughs) so that's not what we're talking about, but like truly praying for, those Lord, I pray that Joel gives me back that mug. No, I'm joking. You want it back? No. <laughs> we got another one just like it, so you can keep it. <laughs> that sounds like that's what you tell a kid. It's like, if you don't straighten up, I can make another one just like you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> wow. No, my dad never said that to me, <laughs> ever. No, he never did. Uh, he, he, he did. He did. <laughs> he did. That was He sarcasm. didn't say that. Well, I forget what it's like... Uh, I made you and I can make another one just like you or something like that. Did he? Oh, I would have liked that if I heard him say that. <laughs> well, things men say in, yeah. the, in yeah. the privacy. If <laughs> Dad's going to say, I never remember saying that. <laughs> Where was I going I don't with know. That? I messed Jeff, I think. Oh, I interrupted about the mug. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you, oh yeah, where you were like, oh yeah, we have another one just oh, like it. Oh, you were talking, you were talking about uh, praying for others oh, yeah. unselfishly. Yeah, well, really praying for the benefit of those around you is good for you, but it's good. Like your heart can be expanded. Yeah, and when your heart is expanded, it's just easier to give. Then, like if you can seed or prep the soil in prayer, then having that natural manifestation in your life is going to be, I don't want to say easier, but maybe even more productive. 
Uh, one thing I've learned, like if I, there's somebody in the body, you know, and, and they're going through something and, you know, and I, I really take time to pray for them. When I see them, I already feel connected to them and want to inquire yeah. of them. How are you doing? What's mm-hmm. going on? You know, you were in my heart, you're in my prayers. And, and you feel that connection because you were connected uh, to the Father on their behalf. And it it does draw you into intimacy. It does draw you into that place where you want to have that life exchange with them. Mm-hmm. And I think whether people are consciously aware of it or not, they feel that there's a greater authenticity, that there's a greater uh, genuineness in your care. And it's like, oh, I see you. Okay, how are you doing? No, it's not like that. There's something deeper and um, because we are spiritual beings. Yeah. Yeah. I heard someone um, ask this question of like, should you pray for your ex? And um, and the answer surprised the me. Community? It ties in. The answer surprised me, but she said no. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? But her reasoning was she said, because when you pray for someone, your heart is bonded to them. And so she was like, if wow. you're, if you're truly done you're with this relationship, then yeah, then no, give it a good long season because you're bonding yourself to that person. And I, I just, that stuck with me Wow. because beyond just like that ex relationship, but speaking to what we're talking about is it bonds you to the person when you pray for them, bonds you in the spirit, bonds you, um, I think even aspects of your soul because yeah. that's woven in there. So it. Um, I love that. I love that you brought that up about prayer is um, it's more practical than we realize as well, because you're creating that invisible exchange of life. So then when you do see that person, like you said, it's like, it's already there. Like there's, there's already that exchange of life happening in the spirit realm. So how much easier is it then for it to manifest in the natural? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Everyone knows I'm a hugger, but uh, like when I've really spent time, when I'm especially if I know someone's struggling or something, and I spend time praying, it's like I'm looking for them to be at church on Sunday so that I can actually connect to them, not just in my words, but give them a hug, kiss their cheek, or you know whatever, demonstrate to them uh, the love that I feel for them, and it's because. I took that time mm-hmm. and it'd be great if that actually worked. What would, if you prayed for a person and then they just, they showed up every time. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. I don't do it to try to get them. I know, here. It's I know, just, I know. it's just like you, you're excited to see them. Yeah. You look and I love, I never thought of it. It does bond you, but it does bond you. And wow. So if you think about that, um, if that is just one sided, um, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you when that is mutually taking place. You know, it's not just a wife praying for her husband or a husband praying for a wife, but if they pray for one another, oh my gosh, uh, that threefold cord, Mm -hmm. that is a really powerful place. And, uh, And I believe that's with any relationship, but I love the part that you shared about it bonds you because you can feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I never thought of it in, in that way, but that's exactly what's happening. 
Well, thank you, Annie F. Downs. She's the one who said it. So, <laughs> so I can check that off my prayer list. <laughs> what? Do you not have to pray for exes? my ex. Oh, not to pray. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be really digging back. It'd be really weird if you were doing I don't that have an ex, point. actually. <laughs> I, I only have the one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't have an ex either. Thank you, well, Jesus. Good for you guys. Oh, you dated people before. Oh, yeah. I don't even think I about them. I didn't even have that. <laughs> I mean, I don't have anything against them. I just... I, it's been a while. That's a long time ago, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Well, another aspect of life exchange I wanted to bring up was that you bring your best, which we kind of alluded to earlier, I think, but um, show up and bring your best. That's good. Um, when you give generously, you reap generously. When you give sparingly, you reap sparingly. So when we give to the full, to the fullest of our, um, our ability, then we're setting ourselves up for that fullness of return. Um, so I just think like that can come in so many natural ways of like, when I show up, I really want to be present in, in my relationship or in, um, in that community. Um, I want to bring what I'm good at, (laughs) like give your, give of your skill. Um, because I think, I think there are like levels, like if I just show up and I'm not giving of any part of my skill, then I think that's also setting me up for what I'm going to receive from it. Um, Mm. I don't, I don't think giving and receiving is always in kind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think, agree. you know, sometimes you might be serving in one capacity and then going like, well, no one ever does this for me, but what are the areas that you are receiving from? And I think if you only have your eye on, well, I'm not getting it back the same way that I'm giving it. I think you're going to miss what Absolutely. you could be receiving Absolutely. because it looks different than what you think it should as if i put ten dollars in the offering plate i'm gonna get a hundred dollars when i walk out of here i'm gonna and it's like that is well first of all that's not (laughs) really giving (laughs) if i'm giving to get i'm really not giving but but it's so true because see that's why you know that threefold cord in a sense we talked not just in marriage but relational and when god is in the midst of something because he knows exactly what will meet our need. Mm-hmm. And it might not be in kind because if I'm I'm investing into you, then God will invest into me. I'm not even looking for that specific person to get the return from yeah. or it to look like what I invested, but to recognize my God knows how to meet my need. And so and I'm that looking might be to him. through another person. Like that you might be getting... Um, like a, a relational aspect. Like right. you might be giving in task, but, but receiving in relationship. Absolutely. It's really a good point. I think, um, I think you do this with your kids, but like saying like, we want a happy home. Are you contributing towards a happy home? Yeah. Well, I was thinking as you guys were talking about life, having a culture of life exchange has an expectation for maturity uh, Mm. because there is a certain point like where someone is immature and not even in a negative way, just they don't know or they don't understand or they're just in the community like a newborn babe, you know, Mm -hmm. like they don't understand. But 
with a life exchange, there isn't like with my kids, you have the benefit of living in this house and having your needs supplied. So there's an expectation that you get back. Mm -hmm. And so I think in a culture of life exchange, it's not life does not only flow in one direction, right? It is, it flows in all direction. So like in the, in the sense of a church, it's like, yes, if for it to flow correctly, it always has to lead back to the source. Mm -hmm. But you know, like when you look at the body of Christ, the body of Christ, but individually we're called vessels and vessels are what the blood, right? So it transfers the life throughout the body. So in a large sense, we are the body, but in a individual sense, we are vessels, which are meant to transfer life throughout the body. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, there is a point where someone comes in and like a newborn baby, it's Mm -hmm. all about them. But Mm -hmm. at some point, if you're a good parent, you need to teach them that it's not all about them, that they need to grow up. I love that because that's even spiritually speaking. So, you know, exactly. someone's coming in and you do, you nurture them, you make that investment. But there comes the, a point where there's an there expectation. Has, there should be a return now, not in A return for their benefit. For, because absolutely. if it's just about them, that's, right. that's destructive as well. Yes, that's... Because that's what happens is, well, I don't get the same thing I had be, and it was all catered to me and... And then they eventually go because it's all about them. But if you teach them that, no, yes, you're a part of this community and you have an expectation to get back. Yeah. So either they run or they press into it. And then, then, then they're on a journey of maturity and growth. And and it's not just about works or duties or tasks. It's about heart. It's about that exchange of life. However that looks, it could it could be in a task, but it could be in how I treat others and how I pray for others and how I make investment into others, how I celebrate others, you know, all, yeah, that's really, really, really good. Yeah. I think like we've all met the person who just has been raised that life is all about them. And that person is never a fun person to be around <laughs> because you feel like they're sucking the life out of the room And if we're wanting to help one another grow and mature, then you have to bring that element of, hey, you actually have something to give here. (laughs) Like like that's important for you as much as it is for the rest of us. Um, Like we don't want to be sucking life out of a room. Like do you ever have that conversation and you recognize like, oh, wow, they only know how to take. Yeah. And sometimes bless their heart, you know, there's just where they're at. But if that is never shifted, you're sabotaging yourself. Yes. And that's why people hop from church to church in relationship to relationship. Yeah. Yep. So So that's a big hindrance to life exchange. So it being all about me, that selfishness. And going back to like by nature, we are that. Yeah. But through surrender to the spirit of God, that nature can be, you know, we can be transformed into his nature, which is one of giving rather than just taking. Yeah. Which really in a lot of ways is usury, you know, abuse of relationships, those type of things that, and it's, 
it's sad because you can look as I look through the years and I've, I've seen marriages, ones that have lasted and ones that have not in that where you see the ones where there was usury, you know, uh, an abuse of the power of one, all it did not only was there not bonding, but there was this huge divide in the relationship because it's all about that one person and they use that platform for usury. And that's just not in marriage. It can be in anything, mm -hmm. which is abuse of power. What is that? Injustice. And God hates injustice, right? Oh, that's <laughs> We're not talking. Passion topic. Yeah, yeah. That's another topic. I, you can't exchange life if it's all about you. Like right. if, if there's only one, you, you're you not, it's the anti to what we're talking about. So whether that's like making it all about, like it's only taking or it's isolation, you cannot exchange life. That's a good point. And I've seen this throughout the years because we've kind of tried to establish this culture there are some people that come into this culture and are very excited about the exchange of life because the potential of receiving life. Mm -hmm. And then there hits a point where it's just like, oh, I got to extend it as well. And then that's a hurdle that a lot of people have to face, whether they step up to that challenge or not. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're, if you're not willing to um, like, learn vulnerability it starts really really small like just like talking to another human <laughs> like that in itself can be vulnerability but if you're not willing to do that and then you're put in this culture where um where you're expected to actually show up uh you might just feel safer by yourself and and whether you're by yourself as in physically by yourself or by yourself is that I'm going to go somewhere else where I am not going to there's going to be no expectation put on me to show up and, and contribute or, or to even like be in relationship. Well then that's okay, but you are removing yourself from the exchange of life. <laughs> and it is, it's really true when people isolate themselves, actually that's very egocentric if you think about it, isn't it? Cause it's, uh, I, mean, I don't want, yeah, yeah, I don't want to invest. I don't want to connect. I'm going to go to what, to this place of isolation and sep separate myself from the exchange of life. And I have never seen, and you know, we have a propensity, like I, I am always one that if I'm going through something, I usually don't say anything to anyone until I'm almost on the other side because yeah, I'm, I'm a self-processor. Um, but in that process, I don't isolate myself from people. I might isolate myself till I know that I can communicate in, in a better way. But I've seen people where they've literally separated themselves from relationships mm -hmm. and literally hindered their ability, not just for an exchange of life, but to have anyone speak into their life or to even care for another person. And man, that, that hinders bonding. And then you start feeling the divide just getting bigger. I mean, I've even said like people that I have a relationship with, I've even said like, 
hey, you are a part of this family. You want to be a part of this family. You don't get to run away from this family right now because Mm. you're working through something. Like that's not how this works. That's not how exchange of life works. You don't just get to show up when it's hunky dory. No, like you don't have to be super vulnerable and lay it all out there, but you don't get to run away because that's not what this is. Right. So that does take time to develop that. That's not going to come instantly. But when you, that's the safety of the exchange of life was when you have that trust built is that you can um, show up and, um, and be supported when you need the support. (laughs) But then also you get to be that for other people when they're working through something. Amen. That's good. So what else? (laughs) Uh, I think I think when you really this is like a process of developing this state of exchange of life but ultimately what you want to mature into is that um, you get to the place where you can work through conflict really well yeah so like yeah don't isolate those are the baby steps of like actually learning how to be in in context with other people but then ultimately you want to get to the point where it's so safe that Um, You're not inviting conflict, but when conflict is happening inside that you're able to have the communication skills, you have the trust equity, you have the, the, the work put in to where um, even when things get messy, that you're in it together and you're going to do what you've got to do. You're going to require of um, someone else like, Hey, you made a mess. Like you got to clean this up because that's what we do. That does take real trust built, but that's where it can get to, which is a really beautiful, really enlarging thing to be in a community where that is the norm. I remember my phrase always was, we work through to understanding, which in a sense is is that it's like, I'm going to be vulnerable enough, Mm -hmm. you know, to share with you so you can understand, but I'm also very I also have a heart to understand you. So when that's on both sides, I don't think there's anything that you cannot work through. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, um, growing in love is going to help you exchange life. And love does not look like um, emotional affection. Love looks like... Uh, patience and kindness and gentleness and not being jealous or boastful or proud. Um, read the famous love chapter, First <laughs> Corinthians 13. But the more we grow uh, and purpose towards those things, um, what are the effects? <laughs> I'm more patient with you. <laughs> when I normally would fly off the handle, I now am able to have patience and that's going to help us exchange life. So, um, the more I work on gentleness, maybe there wasn't great exchange of life because I was really heavy handed in the way that I delivered things. I have been that person (laughs) of like, I can be really blunt sometimes. So like for me working on gentleness, oh wow, this really helps me exchange life because now that thing that was creating the blockage is kind of smoothed out to where I can um, I can connect with you better because I'm I'm coming at it with a, a more gentle hand. Um, all of those things, you know, don't don't boast, don't be proud, 
what is that making it about me? <laughs> like as we work out love in our walk with the Lord, um, it is creating the, the skill set, but beyond that, the heart mm-hmm. that is um, just set up for what we're talking about, for this he- healthy exchange of life that um, clearly is important to us, but we also think is valuable for everyone. Um, so anything else? I agree. <laughs> I concur. Uh, the only thing that I'll share that I think is so important is when there is life exchange, it confronts fear. Because I think a lot of things that we say, things that can hinder life exchange are really fear-based. Even the whole, uh, it's all about me, is very fear-based, is what it is. And uh, we do become the opposite of who we innately are when we are afraid. But when fear is dismantled, we don't fear fear loss of relationship. You know, no matter what we're facing, we're not giving up on this relationship. I remember when Stephen and I, before we got married, uh, we had, oh my gosh, go back. We would not even marry to anybody. Somebody said, would you marry us? No, 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 you're not ready to get married, but we got married. <laughs> and um, just barely, I was barely saved. But we made a commitment that we would never use the word divorce in relationship to our marriage. And um, it, a divorce was just not an option. And so no matter what we went through through the years, we never feared the loss of that covenant we made. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there was times where a relationship wasn't really like close. You know, it was back and forth. So I don't want to paint a picture that it was honky dory. But the fact is there wasn't the fear uh-huh. that he is going to want to divorce me or she's going to want to divorce me. That was not there at all. And I think when there's an exchange of life, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid I'm going to lose Katie. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid I'm going to lose Joel. And what is the greatest thing is that person. And when that is there, you can have an exchange of life. Um you're not fearing rejection. You're not fearing betrayal. You're not fearing uh, that you're going to be gossiped about or slandered or, you know, any of those things. Like those fears are not even a part of the equation. When they are not there, you have a ex- healthy exchange of life. Yeah. Well, you made a comment that the that life exchange or having the culture of that confronts fear. Mm-hmm. Before that happens, it has to expose fear. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And so I think that's an important point to point out. Very good. Because in this culture, your fears will be realized or they'll be mm-hmm. exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what you will do with them. So just because mm-hmm. you're in a, a life exchange culture doesn't mean it will be confronted and it will be dealt with. No, first it will be exposed and then it will be up to you what you will do with it. Right. And I think that's an important thing to make known because it's not like, oh, this just deals with fear. No, (laughs) it exposes it. And then what are you going to do with it once it is exposed? It's uh, my best friend's birthday today and we lived together for eight years and we say now 
that um, there's nothing that will come in between this friendship because we have fought <laughs> for this friendship. And just what you were saying, like, why can we say that now? Because at least for me, I can only speak for myself, but like because of years of massive fears of all kinds of things blowing up and then us together, like pounding those things out, like in the messes, in the, the like nastiest parts of saying like, no, this relationship matters enough that we're going to work through this. And now we're like, nothing will come between us because like we have, we've had the bloody knuckles at this point, not from punching each other, even though she, it works so much better that you don't live together too. It it is helpful, (laughs) (laughs) but, but Um, even through those years. But I love that you said that because to have that idea that like, oh, this is going to mean like everything's great. No, like it's very true that it's going to bring up all the stuff, all the insecurities, all the things you didn't even know were there. So being aware of that. Yeah, that's really good. Then you get to get to the gift of the other side. That's really good. So life exchange deals with the commitment to that to that person that when those things are exposed, you know, I'm you gonna have an do, opportunity. We have an opportunity, <laughs> that's right. A problem isn't a problem, it's an opportunity. Well, and we've through. talked about this, I think, in previous episodes, but like the the exchange of life can stop on one side. Like if whenever one person decides that they are no longer willing to exchange life, that may mean that their relationship right. changes in some way. Because you, we can't control a person's yeah. choice. Yeah. Doesn't mean that that's your first option. Doesn't mean you don't give grace and like lots of, you know, time and process. But going back to it, it does, life exchange requires both sides to be willing to exchange life. And those super faithful people, they're going to stick it out as long as possible. But I think it takes being truly self-aware to say, you know, this relationship is done. And not that you are wishing any judgment towards anybody, just recognizing it and then moving on from that can be a really healthy thing as well. Yeah. Like, I don't think life exchange means... Sacrificial altar. One doing all the... Yeah. Yeah. Well, then it won't be an exchange. That's right. right. You cannot have this concept without both sides. Some relationships are like that, but if you're aware of that, then you know what it is. It's like when your kid is three months old, you know it is about (laughs) them and it will be about them for a period of time. Yeah. And so there are some relationships that you know, this is a very selfish person. So I'm not going to put myself in certain positions to be taken advantage of, but that doesn't mean that the relationship, I just am aware what that relationship right. is. Mm-hmm. And and you can still make the choice whether to how deep you want to or how committed you want to be to that relationship anyways. Yep. Yeah, just be aware like when those questions are coming up is like, is your tap open? <laughs> like make sure that you're not saying, well, they're only taking from me, but you have to make sure that your side is in order, that you don't just cut it off 
that you're, you're actually aware of like, oh, I actually, because I was hurt by what they said, I've shut off my connection because mm-hmm. you have, that's the only part that you have responsibility to is right. your part. So make sure your life is flowing yeah. before you decide to cut off <laughs> that relationship or, um, you know, that exchange of life. Well, that would be the healthy thing to do. Isn't that what we're about here? <laughs> a healthy exchange of life. I feel like sometimes we talk and I'm like, this is like really like fantasy land in some <laughs> cases. But hey, hey, we can have a we can have a goal to like uh Well, I just so often like, like somebody uh, somebody goes, uh, well, I'm not getting what I need from them, but they're not giving anything. Mm. So Um, and that's really sad when relationships just don't make it because of that, especially like in a societal culture where, um, where number one, it is all about us, but two, we've lost the ability to actually connect with people just in general, let alone on like a deep heart level. So this is going to be a work in progress till Jesus returns. So, Yeah. yeah, I'm saying what you said is good. I'm just saying, yeah. In the sense of like, well, that would be the healthy thing to do, mm-hmm. but I'm not necessarily <laughs> the healthy bits. Yeah, doesn't always happen. Well, I've learned as you shared, uh, Katie, that I am responsible for me. If somebody else cuts me off, I'm powerless to change that, and so I accept that. But for me, um, uh, I'm going to keep that tap open. Because one thing I've learned through the years is some people might be going through something that for a season they cut off, but then as they process through or God moves in their life or whatever takes place, they go, oh man, I want to return. Well, and in that season, you're not um, sticking a fire hose in their mouth. Right. You might be trickling in their direction, but your investment may also change in that season. Because you have to receive. Yeah. You can't, if I give you something and you don't receive it, it, it hinders my ability to give. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that imagery threw me off a little bit. Trickling towards their direction. <laughs> well. I was like, what are we talking directions about? Directions have never been my strong suit. So. Trickling. <laughs> like... <laughs> But you got the point. Relieving yourself. Towards, I'm like, where are we going with this? <laughs> the hotter hose. This yeah. was, that, was, yeah. that was the imagery. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Yesterday I wrote something like for a garden Facebook post. And my sister goes, um, you might want to reword that. And I read it again. And I was like, you're right. Thank you for... Because it could have been taken in a very inappropriate fashion. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note. (laughs) Anything else? Well, I know how to ruin things sometimes. (laughs) You bring great levity to us. I was like, we're going to save the world. And I'm like. Here's "Hmm." a pee joke. (laughs) Trickle towards their direction. <laughs> That's not even grammatically correct the way I said that. <laughs> I don't judge on, on grammar because <laughs> I'm like, hey, Aaron, can you proof this? I know it's a one sentence text, but can you proof this? 
I thought you had just gotten a lot better, but I guess you just go to her. I just now. go to someone else. <laughs> no, I've gotten better because Aaron, I'll be like, hey, can you proof this? And she's like, I did. I was like, well, you didn't change anything. How, and, how often did I do that to you? I'm like, you're good. Just send it. I was like, oh, I guess. Uh, Maybe are you helping your kids with the homework? <laughs> well, when I did, I was like, oh, that's why you use an instead of a. Yeah. Oh, there's a vowel. So, hey, when you learn those rules, you know. It improves you. I did get a text from a teacher and I was like, I was like, their punctuation <laughs> And maybe it's just a text. I don't know. Kind of concerned me a little bit. My mom always gets nervous that she doesn't like write well. Yeah. I said, mom, I have gotten emails from high level executives that are awful. <laughs> You're good. Like, <laughs> Feel confident in your ability. You're fine. Well, that's what I mean. I, I just wonder if there's just separate sets of rules for like a chat or a text oh, or whatever. Oh, yeah, Definitely. So I can use dot, dot, dot. No, you cannot. <laughs> that is forever going to be a problem. Why use a period when you can do dot, dot, dot? Oh my dot, gosh, dot. it drives me crazy, which will just make you want to do it more. He overuses the ellipses, like, so do you. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. I'm saying I do like, that all the time. Why? Why? Just the one. <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> so. Not in writing formal documents, but in... <laughs> Yeah. And posts or texts or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I do that all the time. As if it's not a legitimate punctuation mark. You just throw it in there wherever. <laughs> <laughs> Next episode, we'll talk about grammar rules and it'll be so fun. I won't have much to say on that. <laughs> you can go over the A and N part. Dot, dot, dot. Oh. Well, this is it. We've done it. A hundred episodes. So... Um, yeah, if you haven't already, please follow the show on your podcast app of choice and, uh, leave us a review for that. You, that's what you can give us for our 100th episode is you can leave us a review, um, hopefully a good one. And if you have any topic suggestions, you can send them in to lifeexchangepodcast at gmail.com. And thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to Life Exchange. We'll be back next week with more conversation on topics of life and leadership. Until next time, be sure to check out our website at givinglight.org, where you can learn more about our church and access loads of resources to help you grow in your walk with God and people. If you like what you heard today, we'd be grateful if you leave a five-star review and share with your friends. Be blessed. Remember to shine your light and have a great week. Thank you.